Hello and welcome to episode 15 of I'm Fine, a chat between myself, Damo, and someone who's desperate to be awarded an OBE, just to turn it down, Mark. Hiya. And there's also someone else in the room, but yeah. we'll come to that in a minute. Okay. Um, this is a chat around the subjects of health, wealth, well-being, fitness, sport, and injustice. We endeavour to smoke out the world's injustice. Yeah. And wag our fingers at it and say, no, stop it. <laughs> <laughs> this wasn't in but, your notes. <laughs> just thought I'd surprise you. Okay. We're all work in progress and this podcast is no exception. In short, it's a poke at our perfectly imperfect lives and if we can make just one person feel like they're not alone in all this madness. Our work here is then, done. Move on. Yes, I will. Um, so this is our first pop-up episode. Yeah, exciting. In support of our latest crusade, as I'm calling it, which is why do we find public gyms uncomfortable? We sort of mean open gyms where lots of people go. It's big gyms with lots of people. That's okay. what we're saying. That's cool. Uh, this crusade was originally triggered by a non-scientific and anecdotal opinion view that there were likely more women than men who experienced the issue of kind of being uncomfortable in public yeah. gyms um, through a lack of information, lack of confidence or self, self-esteem. And aside from being professionals and arguably experts in our own fields, much of our chat and opinion on this subject is founded on a distinct lack of being women. Yeah, neither <laughs> of us are. No, uh, just Colin. The researcher. Yeah. So we thought we'd address this head on. This is why we decided to find someone, a very special someone, to help us kick off this crusade. So we're super excited to welcome our very first in-person guest to our podcast. Yeah. Amelia. Hello. Hello. All right? <laughs> yeah, I'm good. Fresh from holiday. Fresh, toilet hand. <laughs> <laughs> very. Yeah. There goes the affirmation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you do. Um, you, you're an avid listener of this. First of all, thank you for being a fan. Um, but does it kind of does it feel quite weird? Um, Having listened, do you kind of get that mental picture that we yeah, all Yeah, kind of... because you kind of imagine in your head, don't you? Yeah. You two talking and it's different to how I imagined. So yeah, it does feel a bit weird, yeah. It does look a lot more professional than most people think with the mixing desks, the research team. I, I don't know why <laughs> I imagined you to be on a small coffee table. Sitting on a small coffee table. <laughs> yeah. I just expected the table to be lower. That's how I imagined it in my okay. head. But everything else is pretty much... Yeah. The spot on. So do you want to give yourself a little intro? I'm a personal trainer. Yeah. How long have you been doing? Two years almost to the month I've started. I did personal training Mm -hmm. and I worked out of the garage where Mark now works for about six months. Got pretty busy. So we built, we built, (laughs) (laughs) so a studio was built. Um, And then I've been working in the studio and then I've expanded to big like group sessions so many clients do you have up before lockdown happened i got to my absolute busiest so i think i had 250 wow. girls in my group classes um, i was doing six classes a week um and i was having about well i remember i had 52 in my class before we went into lockdown mm-hmm. my last class and then i was doing about 40 hours of one-to-one pt a week it was absolutely ridiculous yeah and I'm kind of glad that lockdown happened because it was getting out of hand. But I was very, very busy. And all female clients? Have you got any just um, trying to get a bit, of an, a bit of a picture? Of... Yeah, all my clients are basically the same. Female, 20 to 30. Okay. I've had three male clients before, but mm. I don't train men anymore. Okay. If you, did you literally go from 250, you know, yeah, so I had, busy to Yeah, nothing. I had 52 girls in my last group class um, before the rugby club where I hire the hall had to shut the next day. Right. Um, that was obviously like March and then we couldn't start up again for, well, months, wasn't it? Mm. 
But I think as with a lot of businesses like it, forced me to do other things. So I set up my online training, yeah. which when I launched that was really, really popular. Yeah. Um, so it has been negative, but it does force you to do things that you wouldn't otherwise do. So yeah. it's not all bad. Yeah, I've filled my group classes and everything straight up. So Yeah. But the point you alluded to there about retrospective looks is that the timing wasn't all negative for you. No. Because of workload and... Yeah, I think being self-employed, like you just can't say no to work. You can't stop, right? No. Once, once you're rolling. No. And so it was just getting to the point where I would start at 6.30 every morning. I wouldn't finish till 9. Mm. Um, on a Wednesday, my mum used to finish at 10 p.m. Who wants to train 9 to 10 p.m.? I don't know. Um, but I just couldn't say no because I was new to being self-employed. I thought if I say no, what if no one ever comes? Yeah. So it actually kind of came at a good time because it forced me to stop. And otherwise, I probably would have just run myself into the ground. So, I think I think we've alluded to in some of the past podcasts about neediness and PTs as a as a group being needy, and the idea sometimes when someone leaves you, and it's like the devastation that someone doesn't yeah. want you to train them anymore, and you just think all these negative things. It's a personal thing. Yeah, and I think I think a couple of podcasts ago, I mentioned something from um, from James Smith, who's something that Amelia and I, a, a guy that Amelia and I have gone to see a couple of times. Mm. Um, speaking publicly and he always used to say you don't have a driving instructor for life once he's taught you everything you move on yeah. and it might be interesting as this conversation goes over to go about you know is a PT a temporary position mm. and if it is where do you move the person on to and so when we're yeah. talking about gyms this might have quite a relevance yeah um, well I'm opening bit I kind of I dropped in um, the bit about lack of lack of information I guess what I meant by that was knowing what to do with certain bits of gym equipment. Because mm -hmm. um, obviously I think the, the other thing, the difference here, you can, people can go out and do training in their backyard and, you know, aerobic stuff and maybe some weight stuff, but people generally go to gyms because they have specialized equipment. Yeah. Unless I've missed something else about public gyms um, or they have running machines because it's raining outside and you don't want to run in the rain, mm. maybe group classes as well. But, yeah. 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 And I guess the information bit was touching on that point is if you, if you have a PT and you get comfortable with all the equipment and the range of exercises to do on that, those bits mm -hmm. of equipment, then that gives you the, the information and the confidence then, or some amount of confidence to go out on your own into a public gym and train on your own or with a that, friend. That's or, the ideal thing. I think what we're going to discuss that today is... Is the leap. That's still a leap. leap. Yeah. I wasn't going to say that's, you know, once you've done that, that's easy because yeah. I've got my own experiences of that, but... I was just thinking... A question for Amelia here was around you and I both joined a biggish gym nearby. Yeah. And I'm just thinking, I don't think I've ever spoken to anyone there who has shown me how to use any of the equipment. Not that I needed it, but I think I was basically I set up the direct debit. Yeah. Someone showed me where the sauna was. I don't think anyone I didn't had, get shown around at all. No. I didn't get an induction. I didn't get any safety. I didn't get this any this is a fairly we're not gonna name that gym because if especially if they haven't given you the safety chat, but this is a fairly substantial gym, right? Yeah. This is a well-known... It's, well, and also a leading, I better not use their own phrase, but they're, they're, they're big mm, not into now, health. No. <laughs> they're big into health as well. Yeah. Know, in terms of medical provision. Yes. I think you get the offer of one personal training session free or something like that when you sign mm. up. Did you choose not to because you know what you're doing? I, I can't remember even seeing that, literally. I just, I got a card in the post. So if you turn up normally for the first one, there's an induction, isn't there, generally for most gyms yeah but i think some gyms are strict on it and you have to have the induction before you can actually yeah, do go and do it yeah. yourself which i think makes sense but you didn't we get there. definitely didn't have that no mm. it makes sense but one of the things when i give some of the responses to the questionnaire and, and just a big 
um, big up to everyone has. I've had a really good response from people. So we've got a wide range of views. Um, just going forward a little bit, one of the things that's happened is that a number of people have said, yeah, I did have an induction in the gym. I went three days later and none of that had stuck. So there's not, you know, it's this, this idea of by showing someone, it's like when you come back without yeah. anyone, you'll be fine. You'll remember yeah. that you were doing yeah, 25 yeah. kilos on the lap pull down. Um, I think it needs to be, and I know from watching Amelia train, it's like it's constant reinforcement of what you're doing, why you're doing it, how much you're lifting, recording, yeah. videoing, how much people are lifting. Yeah. We do it, you know, yeah. we're always saying you're now doing a bench press of, you know, 20 kilos when you're going for a PB and things like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I, it doesn't bother me. <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> Water off a wet Not, I didn't feel back. anything then. <laughs> Not a thing. <laughs> Amelia, you're quite... A sporty person. Yes. Right? <laughs> Having played football for a long time, right? Very long time, Okay. Yeah, um, yeah we almost got into the punch-ups. So the punch-ups would have been probably on the sidelines the when you were playing. The punch-ups were frequent, yeah. <laughs> Not with me. No, but, but while you were playing, he was busy on the side. Yeah, so when I was playing, Dad would actually get sent off as a spectator. Right. Yeah. Excellent. Because you can get a red card as, as a spectator. An and that was when the incident. newspaper were there as well, taking photographs of us. That's a good way of introducing the fact that you two are, in fact, related, <laughs> which we hadn't kind of got to. Yeah. Apart from, so there we are. You are. Or the <laughs> time where I had to stand in between you and the other guy who offered you a fight at halftime. Yeah. I just wanted to drink my Lucasade, but I literally had to get in between them. A lot of football matches have cheerleaders. I was taking on a crackhead on the halfway line. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, but, you're quite a sporty background. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so was your introduction to training... Mm -hmm. Fire Mark. Yeah, 100%. Okay. Yeah. And so you kind of started just doing stuff at home. Or did, was there a gym? Was there a gym anywhere my, in sight, I guess, in getting into this? My introduction to the gym actually wasn't from you. No. Okay. My introduction to sport was 100% you. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. all of that was down to Mark. Like, yeah. you know, he. I don't think you ever missed me play a football match. No. You would come watch me in every single Unless running I was race. Banned. It's too much fighting to be banned. done, right? Yeah. <laughs> so my sport was that. Uh -huh. Um, I actually only got into the gym at the same time I got into personal training. When I was on my personal training course, I actually couldn't do a press up. I didn't know how to use a squat rack. It's be it's just because I was at university um, and I decided I didn't want to go into an office job. So I thought, what else can I do? Okay. But I actually didn't know what I was doing even on my personal training course. Okay. So so that kind of that was a that was a leap for you in terms of yeah. you must have felt the things that you know maybe people go into it fresh now yeah, feel. Yeah, in yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Okay. I think the question I was going to say was and I sort of know it from my perspective, but I think it's different to Amelia's, is that when you start getting clients and when people start giving word of mouth recommendations, I think my question to you was, what did you find was the sort of overarching reason why someone would pay to come? Yeah. Because firstly, as you say, you were inexperienced. It's not a cheap provision. No. I mean, I know you're not overpriced or anything, but for someone to make that dedication and look about how much you're paying over a yeah. year to someone that had no track record... Yeah. Um, I guess I'm asking why would someone come to you? What What do you think of the factors are having, you know, been a PT for a number of years now? Yeah, why would people come to you? Not not for you as a person, but why would women especially want yeah. that particular form of training? Well, I think it's like anything though. You say, oh, you had no track record, but initially when I started, it wasn't my main job. So mm -hmm. I was doing it on the side whilst I built up clients so it's not like I got busy straight away and people just flocked to me because that didn't happen no um and then I think 
from like feedback I've heard, it's mainly environment. Um, it's a nicer place to train. Um, I know that I used to get embarrassed when I was at um, university going to the gym because people would like, you know, look at you. If I didn't know how to use a piece of equipment, I just wouldn't do it. Whereas if someone's just with me and they know they're only with me, mm-hmm. their level of embarrassment ends at me. And I feel like I can be quite a people person and make people feel comfortable when yeah. they're with me. So they're almost like, if they fail when they're with me, there is no embarrassment. Whereas if you fail setting up a squat rack in the gym, that level of embarrassment could be high. So I think it's environment and then feeling comfortable in the so, presence of who you're with. Yeah. So had a number of people who came to you try gyms and it had failed or was it just the sheer factor going in there was too big a step? Yeah, I think it's just too big a step. Do you think that's just down to the nature of what this is or the kind of preconception that you're going there to, to get bigger? Because, you know, some people do, of course, Yeah. but it does, that doesn't happen for everybody. So do you reckon there's, the, there's that kind of macho-ness about it? For wherever it comes from, just the idea, if people haven't been to a gym, the idea of what a gym might be. People are going there, lifting loads of weight. They're, big, they're big and muscly, lots of vests, lots of sweat. You know what I mean? Yeah, potentially. And it's and it's uh, the competitive thing. That I said, I don't feel when you kind of, you know, talk about competitiveness and what you're lifting and stuff. I don't feel that, but I guess there's an element of they're lifting more than me. They're stronger than me. I mm. never felt like than, that. You know. I never didn't go to the gym because I thought I'd get big or because someone was that lifting me. I just did not know what to do. So just purely I didn't I didn't even know how I didn't know how to set up a squat rack, so there was no way yeah. I was gonna go and So even before you get to the kind of the yeah. the, the body image bit or yeah, the, it was, the self-conscious, yeah. you know, how you look and yeah. how you I, I remember I would literally I really wanted to try it and I just didn't know what I was doing. So I'd like walk around machines trying to read the instructions without looking like I was yeah. doing it. So that didn't look stupid when I tried it. But, you know, if you get on the leg press machine and you don't know how to unlock it, you just sat there (laughs) and then you just have to get off if you don't know what you're doing. And that looks stupid. Mm. So I just wouldn't do it. So I guess you feel, do you feel that that looks stupid or are the people there making you feel stupid? I guess is is it, they're both, I guess, actions that are kind of happening at the same time. I think the majority is in your head. I don't think most people are looking at you. They're they're probably thinking, do I go over and help them? Do I I, I approach them? Now when I see people in the gym doing something wrong or like whatever, I think, should I go over? But then I don't want to come across as patronizing. But then Mm. when I was in that position two or three years ago, I would have wished that someone said, oh, you just need to press that button or you just need to do that. But you don't want to seem patronizing, do you? So I think there's that. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And the same when you see someone doing something wrong. Yeah you know, something that like deadlifts, I see like such bad form. And I really want to say to someone like, this is like, because they're going to hurt their back or they're going to, but you just don't feel like you can because that might stop that person from going back if they think that people are looking at them. I think gym dynamics, I think we'll come on to this. I think the dynamics both between genders and between Mm -hmm. people who go there to become bigger and people who go there to run on a treadmill, I think everybody's in a in a different position and it's almost when you go outside your comfort zone. So I had a, an example a few months before lockdown, there were two women training and they had their daughter with her um, and they were skipping. And back in the day, I used to use skipping a lot with my mm-hmm. groups, really like skipping. And every time the daughter did it, she was like disappearing across the gym because her technique you know, they were mean, meant to be skipping on the spot, oh, right. but she was like disappearing into the treadmills. Right, right. And I felt really, really uncomfortable. But I thought she she shouldn't be doing that. You can't go skipping across a massive gym. It's not yeah. going to, you know, she's going to get it's hurt. dangerous. Yeah. But then I thought if I come up exactly as Amelia had said to two women and go, I've been watching your daughter skip and straight away it's like, yeah, creepy. You know, yeah. fuck off. Yeah. Or 
so what? Yeah. Or she's just a little 10-year-old girl skipping, we don't need your help. Yeah. Also, I, you don't know people's reasons for being in the gym. Like when you say about people uplifting you or this or that, sometimes I know for us especially, like mentally we just go there to get away from mm, things. Yeah. So like you might not even want to lift heavy, you're just there to just get away. So <laughs> yeah. actually like comparison isn't of weights isn't really relevant, I don't think. because. No. Yeah. And the set, when we've trained together in that gym, we grunted each other, and that's about it. What me and you? Yeah, I don't think we don't talk. I don't, we don't talk. No, we probably try outlift each other actually. Yeah. So actually, there's quite a lot of things at play here, isn't there? Yeah. It could be all of those things for any one person, or it could be just one of those things. Yeah. When I sent the questionnaire out, um, somebody got back to me, um, a woman mid forties, and got back and went. No, never had a problem. Right. Don't feel intimidated. Mm-hmm. Don't think I'm being looked at. Don't think I'm being judged. Right. And drill down a little bit deeper. And the reason she gave was that she went in with a program. She knew how to use everything. Mm-hmm. She'd had a PT before in that gym, so she was familiar with the weights. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She went in, said, I'm going to do eight lap pull downs, did them. She got on with it. Had a minute's break, did them again. Mm-hmm. But a part of me was thinking, I don't believe that the fact that she felt confident was fantastic. And the fact she had a program was what she hung on to. That was her, you know, that was her framework. So I don't think because she had that focus, she had this sort of idle time of looking around and going, he's staring at my bum. But I think that there is an element in a gym environment because the whole place is surrounded in mirrors that even if people are being innocent, people look at other people. I look at men's bodies, women's bodies a lot. That's the difference between when you say training with me and training in a gym is when girls are training with me, all I do is film them, but to praise them and like fill them with confidence. And I would say like, your bum looks great or this or that, whatever. But in a gym, if they feel like someone's staring at them, that then suddenly becomes a negative. So it's fine for me to film them and say, your glutes look great. But if they were in a gym, it'd be like, oh, that guy was looking at me or blah, blah, blah. But it's essentially the same thing, isn't it? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, with, With our tag cloud words is context and that is exactly that isn't it there's a you know those are the same things in different environments yeah totally totally different outcomes i went when we were at the gym the other day i went up to someone i was like by the way if you thought i was staring at you it's just because i really like the way you train because i didn't want her to go away and think why does she keep staring at me am i doing something wrong does she think x Mm -hmm. y and z but i was just like she is training really well but i wouldn't want her to think something else so that, yeah that, a that's a really interesting one the context there of something that is a, a coverall phrase rather than well done for lifting 80 which has a an element of judgmental and i think the yeah, anecdote you're yeah, going to come so. on later around someone trying to explain stuff to you yeah um i think there's that element of if you praise someone on their form i think that's a very very safe thing to do because it's just like you are lifting that correctly do you know what I mean? There's no, there's no sides to that. But no, there isn't. But you've kind of touched on it then that it could be taken. I don't know. It could be. It depends who you're talking to, doesn't it? So do you have a, an anecdote particularly for... Only once, to be fair. I feel like girls say they're intimidated, which, um, like I said, I did used to be. Now mm. I know what I'm doing. I literally don't care. Um, but yeah, when I went to the gym, maybe about six, eight months ago, um, I was squatting and this guy was just... Like I like to have my bubble. I don't like people too close to me. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm, I just, this guy was just too close. 
And every time I squatted, he would just stare, you know, when you fill someone's eyes. So in my break, he just said, oh, you're not going low enough. Do you want me to spot you so you can go deeper? And I was like, that's really creepy. No, I didn't say that. But I was just like, oh, no, I'm fine. Thank you, blah, blah. Every time I was resting, he would do his set so that every time I was squatting, he would stand and watch. And again, it's not about what you're lifting, but he was lifting, he was squatting 40 kg. Um, and going, oh, this is how you should do it, blah, blah, blah. But I was trying to go heavy for low reps. And I got up to like 95 kg and he was trying to comment on my form, offering to spot me. Never spoken to this guy before. He was coming behind me to try and say, oh, look, I can help you like this. And it's just completely inappropriate. And it's the only thing that's ever happened in the gym. But for a guy to come up behind you and say, oh, look, I'll stand like this whilst you squat. It's just not appropriate at all. And I just left the gym and I feel like I am a confident person, like especially in the gym. I do feel like I can hold my own, but it did upset me because I just thought, you don't really have any right to, first of all, yeah. comment on my form, which I know is good, and secondly, come into my space yeah. and literally touch me like to try to show how he yeah, can spot yeah, me. Yeah, it's yeah. just not. And for someone who's maybe less confident in the gym or just less confident as a person, that could stop you from you going never back. Get, never yeah. ever get back. You, you only need that once, don't yeah. you? Yeah, and that's the only thing. Every other time, like I've, you know, I've been, nothing's happened. But I think if only one thing's happened to everyone, mm. then it's, yeah. it's going to that, that, that wouldn't happen in Nando's. Sorry? It wouldn't happen in Nando's. What I'm saying, it's the setting that someone feels comfortable enough to be inappropriate because it's a gym and to talk to you in that yeah. way. And it's sort of what I'm saying is if you're in a queue at Nando's, someone isn't going to go up and comment on your meal and go, you're ch- you know, your chicken eating form. Yeah, <laughs> I'll spot you. Yeah. <laughs> no, do you know what I mean? It's like the context of, of, the, of the place that, that he felt comfortable enough doing something that in a different geographical situation would have been seen as it yeah. was creepy in the gym. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if someone came, you know, if I was out with you and someone did that, yeah, then well, be a if you're with someone, <laughs> if you're training with someone, would that do you think you, you, that wouldn't have happened at all? No, because he probably thought, yeah, I'm by myself. Like, yeah, so he probably would not have done that. And I do wish I had just stayed and just like tried to help my own, but it, it was just creepy. Yeah, to be yeah. honest. I did think of one other time, actually, this was not really anything to do with me, but in terms of like gym etiquette, um, I was training by myself and a guy left, I think it was like a hundred kg after doing his um, bench press. And the manager was actually training, but he was just in his normal gym clothes. So this guy didn't know he was the manager. And he said to him, oh, can you take your weights off when you're finished? Mm-hmm. He said, no. And he said, but you've got a hundred kg on that bar. If someone comes over, yeah and takes you know wants to take those plates off 100 kg is a lot if you've got 20 plates for some people that's too heavy to take off he said i'm not taking it off he said i've done my set i'm moving on and i did think like the odd time when my sister's been to the gym with me she wouldn't be able to hold a 20 kg plate yeah so for people to act like that and think well i've done my set i'll move on that would then stop someone from being able to then use that piece of equipment because of somebody else's yeah the one thing that just immediately that, that has resonated with me is this it only takes one action and that could be the end. Yeah, true. And I think the majority of women would find what Amelia just described as inappropriate. Mm. Yeah. Some women would maybe tell them to, to F off. Some mm. people would feel really worried by it and some people would never go back to the gym. Yeah. And I was just thinking at the track um, about four or five weeks ago, a new woman came down, um, mid-30s, wanted to do sprinting and we're really welcoming um, she said she hadn't run since school. Um, she was struggling a little bit because it's like a proper 
track meet and I was saying, just go gentle. You're going to pull your hamstrings. Just, you know, everybody was being really engaging, telling her how to warm up. And she was running with another guy round uh, the track at a sort of three quarter pace and a distance runner was coming behind. And the etiquette is, is that if you've got people in front in your lane who are going slowly, you shout track and they either move off the track or wider on the track mm-hmm. to allow you, because you're the star, to run faster by. Mm-hmm. So he shouted track. The two of them were talking because one guy was trying to support this woman. And has, as he got close, rather than coming in the second, third lane and thinking they haven't heard me, I'll just go just around, around them, <laughs> yeah. literally just went, for fuck's sake, almost jumped into them, ran onto the grass in front and sweat, swore and went off. Never seen that woman again. Yeah. So she hadn't run since she was 14. She was 36 for 22 years. She'd been waiting to come to a track. Not going to be seen Damage again. Damage done, right? Yeah. And that just reminded me of that incident. It just needs one mm. person acting yeah. in that way and you're, you're done in a way, aren't yeah. you? Whereas I know from watching Amelia, and she's she's a superb trainer, it's the, the positivity and support you give. And we have both been very careful. We've talked about this a lot, that it it is about making people feel comfortable, even in a one-to-one setting. It's about, you know, talking about the positives. It's mm. not about, you know, any comment that people can take yeah. away. Um, so why is it so personal, do you think? Is it because it's kind of in, internal and external, isn't it? There's a there's a there's a external physical transformation that you can see at training, yeah. but also there's a huge amount going on inside of us, isn't there? There's a lot you of know, therapy. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I therapy. don't think people realise how much people open up to you. Like the amount of things that people have told me that are so personal. Yeah, and I think if you're struggling, it's like you're someone that they can trust. They know that it's in a yeah. like confidential setting. And I think people actually, the amount of sessions I've had where I've literally just sat and spoken to someone for an hour whilst they've cried, like that has happened yeah, a lot of times. Yeah. And I think really who else do you have that you can just go to, know that the information is not going to get spread anywhere, mm. know that it's not your fam- friends and family, so you're not going to get judgment or you're not going to get, yeah. and people do just open up so, so much. And then I think once they've built that relationship with you, yeah. that's kind of, that stays, doesn't it? And yeah. I, I said in one of the early podcasts about without bigging it up too much was saying about the trust issue and mm. saying it's almost like a doctor and I used the analogy of you know you're bench pressing 80k yeah. and someone says you can do six of these and your trust is in, implicit yeah, yeah. so if you trust someone basically with your life because if we get the weights wrong yeah you could die mm. you know you drop 80 kilograms on your head you'll die yeah and so once you put that trust in someone and that they've they're they're, they're surrounding you with positivity and the confidentiality which is I found on this podcast, this is why I'm not using names because I'm alluding to people. They know who they are, but no one else does. The yeah. confidentiality is totally keen. It has to be mm-hmm. like a therapist. I think you have to be, you know, locked in on that. But I think, yes, I think the other thing is, is that the the point you alluded to there, Damien, is that the, the change in physicality, mm. it's almost like you're a bit of a magician. You know, someone can come to you and there's a couple of clients I'm thinking that you had in the early days who I trained a little bit as well, yeah. who made such massive changes. It, yeah. Their whole life yeah. became mm. different. Yeah. It wasn't to do with the weight loss. It was to do with confidence and looks and the assuredness, everything. Yeah. And, and that reflects back on you, doesn't it? This person yeah. has helped me achieve this. And that, 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 it's quite a connection, yeah. I think. And I guess this, it feels like this conversation isn't, a, well, it certainly isn't about the benefits of a PT working just with a PT and not going to, you know, yeah. o- over the gym. It's not about that. No. But as you're kind of talking about, because I, you know, understand the, the benefits of that 
trust and intimacy bit. I totally get it, and it's and it's a huge part of it. The only reason you probably go to a, a public gym and risk all that weirdness, yeah. for want of a better better description, is just to concentrate on you know I guess top up. There might be a money thing. We haven't kind of talked about that because mm-hmm. obviously you know you, I guess for the price of some PTs hourly rate, you could probably have a month. Well, what, yeah. what you, you could, pay me, or what you pay me week, you'd have a month at the gym we just discussed. Yeah, I've just worked that out. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we'll talk about this later. <laughs> but I think I think once you get into it, price becomes irrelevant once you realise the effect it has. Because yeah, I will, like not at the moment, but in the past, I've always paid for online training or for a personal mm. trainer myself because I know the benefits are so great. So I'm not sat here saying the benefits of PT are good no. because I'm a PT because I will always have a PT myself. Yeah. And I think you'd easily spend like 100, 200 pound on a night out. So actually when you break mm. down the cost of a PT, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. it's actually... It's the difference between value and cost, isn't it? Yeah. If you're doing something that's changing your life, changing the way you look, then the value is yeah. is much more than you, you So say. I guess we're never going to get to the answer of, you know, what you know, there's lots of reasons why gyms can be uncomfortable for people, but not for everyone. Obviously, that's an obvious bit. It's almost if they are uncomfortable, there's almost an element of they're gonna they're likely to be uncomfortable mm-hmm. and quite difficult places to to be in and around. I don't think we're going to solve the problem of making all of them. Really I think it, I think this and, conversation makes gyms sound negative as well, which they're not. Um, mm-hmm. it, like I said, one negative experience yeah. then overrides any positive you've had. And also, I think it depends on what gym you go to. The one I go to up north, I go to every morning. I literally love it. I get so excited to go there. Whereas our gym down here, it just doesn't have a very good atmosphere. I don't get the mm. feeling there's much of like a community. Mm. Whereas in some gyms, you have that. So I think gyms can be positive, but... Yeah, and it's that separation, isn't it, where you'd... If you would just want to focus on your strength training and you're really not bothered about anything else, you go to a sterile gym with bright yeah. lights and yeah. dickheads and and just block them yeah, out because and get, it does and the get job. your thing done yeah. I think you find that out when you go I mean I think uh, just to reinforce what Amelia said I, I think we got to be in this conversation I don't want to be anti-gym I want everyone in the world to go to mm. a gym um, and not everyone can afford a PT and there's some, some gyms there that are providing such a fantastic service so I'm definitely definitely not being negative about gyms it's again reinforcing what Amelia said is that what we're talking about in this is number one why do some people feel uncomfortable or so uncomfortable they won't even go into a gym? Mm. Or why do people start in a gym and then because of poor induction, poor support, or one incident that they then leave it? Mm. And when I was saying earlier about the number of people that leave a PT and why, why we feel it so personally, mm. doing a comparison, if you look how many people have left you or how many people have left me over the last year, yeah, probably one hand. Yeah. You look at your gym and, you know, gym memberships. I think only 10% of gym memberships are active in this country because gyms are based on a financial model that no one turns up. (laughs) That's why they struggle in January. That's why they can sign up far more than they can physically. If everyone turned up to train who were on the, you wouldn't be able to train, would you? you wouldn't be able to get in the car park. (laughs) That's it. So, so yeah, it it isn't anti-gym. I think the other thing is there'll be people listening to this who say, I go to my gym, I go on a treadmill, I run Mm. 10K, I've never had any problems with someone looking at me. It's a great resource. I watch the TV when I'm doing it and I go home. Why are you being negative? Mm. I think there might be a slight aspect that we're maybe coming a little bit from the more of the weight section, the machine section. I think some of the classes in the gyms, Mm -hmm. great value. If you join the gym and you go to a yoga class, I think ours is maybe edging towards that sort of free weights or the machines element, Mm. which might have a little bit more 
of an edge to it than yeah. just running on the treadmill sort of thing. Mm. One of the things I just wanted to throw in the mix, because I want to mention a couple of people that have answered the questionnaire, is around um, the balance between how you look in a gym, as in how you dress. I was literally about to say that as well. Okay. But carry on. Less so me now. Mm -hmm. But back in the day, I wasn't wasn't worried about showing my body off. Yeah. And you've inherited a small element of that. (laughs) When you send me pictures of you, well, you sent me one from a holiday that said, thanks for the jeans. Oh, that was And show me a picture of your six pack. Yeah, I don't have that anymore. What, the six pack or the photo? The six pack. Well, they lost that in a week. Yeah. (laughs) You've seen the stories. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So so my my question was, that that picture, I thought it was a really good picture. Really good picture. Thanks. Um, And, but I guess my feeling was, and this is going to be so, this is, this is eggshell treading mm, this with is the woke li- community. Yeah, but too similar. This is literally what I was about to say. Okay, you do your bit because I'm just going to go something. Well, one of you get it out. <laughs> He's <laughs> saying just the way you dress <laughs> or the way you come across in the gym, maybe then you're going to get more of a reaction. You're going to get creepy men because of the way you dress. Whereas if someone goes in and then a long top and a pair of leggings and they go and do their 10K on the treadmill, they're not necessarily attracting the attention or the yeah, the attention of somebody that's going to come over and comment. Whereas if I'm there in a pair of really short shorts and a crop top and nothing else, does that bring more attention? Well, that's kind of yeah. what you're why, why I'm being hesitant is it's the whole sort of, well, if she dresses like that, you know, what does she expect? And I don't want to come across as no. that. That's why I'm being hesitant of saying. The point I'm saying is that if I saw you in a gym, I would look at your physicality, not through any other reason than, than you've got a very well-developed physicality and I would look at your muscles, it wouldn't be perfect. But if you saw me looking at you, yeah, you saying. might go, just a minute, that's the second time I found him staring at me. Yeah. And then I, then the other side of the coin is, you were dressed in a way that shows off. Yeah, I, tend I think to, it's a really important subject. Yeah. I know we're treading carefully, but we can afford not to kick the doors down on this. But yeah. I think it's really important because it's about empowerment and body confidence yeah because i've kind of had a bit of this and i've already alluded to this on the podcast before about just me in a t-shirt not me in a crop top or tight shorts <laughs> but me in a in a smaller size t-shirt which i haven't probably ever in my adult life been able to wear yeah and i've realized how good that makes me feel yeah and i would be lying if i said that i wasn't getting the kick out of other people noticing yeah yeah i don't yeah it, it's not it's not I've, I'm going to stay in the house for the rest of my life and wear this shirt and just be happy with that. Yeah. That, that isn't the kind of the completion of the circle there. Right. Do you know what yeah. I mean? I don't, I don't necessarily need to walk down the street or, or anyone to kind of compliment me on it. But it's the validation of your hard work. Yeah. If I'm feeling, con- I, I almost don't care what anyone says. If they say something nice, then that, yes, it's, it, it's the dopamine loop that, we've, yeah. that, yeah, we've, yeah. that we haven't just been talking about <laughs> because of the order of these episodes. But, um, but we might next episode. <laughs> just by... If I was to see in the future, yeah. Well, it's the same reason that you post a photo on Instagram. It's to get yes. validation from, from others. So it's essentially the same thing. But in real life, if you see someone looking and you know you feel confident, you think, oh, are they looking because yes. of this? It's the same as getting a like, isn't it? It's, yeah. It is. It's affirmation. And anyone would be lying if they say they didn't yeah. like it. Yeah. But, but there is an element of, of, of someone is going to find that attractive, good to look at. Yeah. I think that's where it starts to get into dodgy territory, why people are looking. Yeah. They're not looking going to go. Yeah, yeah the might, reasons behind They the might go, they've got a great body, but they might be, they're going to stare a bit more because they're attracted to that. Mm. Mm. And that's kind of, you're going to be wearing those things because you 
because people find that attractive. You know, we're we're animals. Yeah, aren't we? We're not. You know, there's there's things in wildlife that make themselves look look pretty and make you know to attract a partner and mate that kind of thing. Yeah, do you know what I mean? So there's, I, I'm well out of my depth on that in terms of the science and the, and behind that. But there has to be a level of physical attraction and what makes you feel confident, body confident, and I don't know. I don't know staying, but I don't think you can skirt around that. No, no. And I see it when I train people that the way they dress and the way they act changes. Yes. as they get more confident and, and it's not necessarily what they're wearing it's how no. how they hold themselves yeah. how they approach someone else how they yeah. stand how yeah. they you know, they're not you know they'll stand at the front rather than stand at the back of yeah. group classes yeah. i would imagine and things yeah. like that and you and see those huge, changes yeah is. they're not doing that to attract a mate that's not what i'm no. saying they're doing that just because they feel good about themselves yeah. yeah and you know they would like it if other people saw the benefit of that and found them attractive. But you know, found that, them, do you know that, what I mean? It's that very thin dividing line. There's, I'm just, looking, very at, fine. I'm I'm just in, looking at my phone now. This is somebody that I've been training just a matter of months, mm. has made massive improvements to her body shape mm. um, and also has a really, really good balance of, and something Amelia and I are, are always hammering, that it's the way you feel and how your clothes feel and how you are, not, yeah. not the numbers on scales. Yeah. And there are some PTs who... who are enlightened and think that but there's plenty who sort of go you know the scales are all important um but this person actually filled in the questionnaire in quite a lot of detail said might be another thing we might allude to um what's said about training in the gym um if there was a woman's only session i might so it was obviously that, that she'd had yeah. attention from men in the past yeah. um especially if the weights area was separate bearing in mind i'm pretty confident in my skin these days i still wouldn't train there the dressing down thing is important too. If there's a mirror, you'd want to see how you are lifting, not for pose value. Mm. But what she was saying is that she dresses in a way not to get noticed, right. which is counter to what you want to be doing in the gym. Mm. And so she was saying in order not to get attention, she would wear a baggy sweatshirt and baggy. <laughs> yeah. So it's the other thing yeah. which might be different in terms of maturity and that someone comes older just feels I'm being judged for being... Yeah you know, a woman of a certain age lifting weights and there's still a bit of a stigma. Mm. I think it's, it is more difficult for women. I mean, we work with dozens and dozens of women work lifting weights, but it still isn't yeah. the norm in a gym, is it? There is still... No, you're still hugely outnumbered. Yeah, there, yeah, go left for the treadmills and the classes and go right for the grunting. Yeah. And if someone's having to physically think of what they're dressing and then doesn't get the benefit of being able to see themselves looking good in a gym setting, mm. that's almost counterproductive to what you're doing. I think also it's things that like men don't have to think about. So like if I'm going to the gym to do legs, I will know what leggings are see-through when I squat. Whereas as a guy, you're in shorts that aren't close to other things. If you get a camel toe, right, in a pair of shorts or a pair of whatever, mm -hmm. like the amount of girls that feel comfortable saying to me, oh, look at me today, like, because you can joke about it with girls. But if yeah. you're in the gym by yourself, you mm -hmm. are going to be hugely self-conscious like, self yeah. of that. You can't help it mm -hmm. if you've got lycra sticking to you, can you? Yeah, yeah. And like, I remember in summer, I've got like a bright orange pair of leggings and yeah. um, shorts and a top, and I was sweating from everywhere and you could just see sweat on my groin on my bum everywhere and it's like i don't really care but like because you are wearing tighter clothes as mm -hmm. a woman mm -hmm. like that's going to be things that you're going to be self-conscious of yeah, yeah. whereas if a man's sweating it's like oh he's working yeah, really working hard, hard. Yeah. look at that sweat on his back that looks really attractive yeah as a woman it's like that's gross why yeah. has she got a sweaty bum crack yeah you know it's it suddenly becomes different for men and women but yeah 
And it's things that you wouldn't have to think about if you're training when you're on a period. You're not going to do certain exercises because you're going to be worried about mm. certain things happening. And like men don't have to think about those things. No. Um, it wouldn't even cross your mind to think, I'm not going to train legs day because period does come onto your clothes sometimes. So you're yeah. going to train upper body, do you know what I mean? Whereas mm. as a guy, you would never have to think about that. So it's things like that in the gym as well that you think, do you know what, for that, that week I might actually just not go. Yeah. And yeah. because you're going to feel more self-conscious or you're going to be more bloated because you've got more water retention, mm -hmm. it's all those things that you we have to think of. Yeah. Um, and I think that plays a part in feeling self-conscious or feeling like people are looking at you mm. or, well, I don't care if I've got a sweaty bum, but <laughs> it would be seen as disgusting. Yeah. We kind of talked about... Um lived experiences didn't we and i kind of what i said earlier about arguably these things happen it's part of everyday life yeah but it's kind of amplified in those kind of environment the context thing we're talking about did you get any other feedback other feedback that's similar yeah, to that i'm just looking i mean this this was really interesting because um you and i'd come to the conclusion that we'd started off on a sort of female vibe on this and mm. but i had a couple of male tr clients who went well it isn't just a female thing and I, i'll read this one mm. um because <laughs> it makes me smile um when we were asking about you know the barriers and everything one was one barrier is traveling to and fro which takes up valuable time but the whole experience is one of being on show and can make you feel very subconscious so this is coming from a man this starts and ends similarly in the changing room and showers when <laughs> i love this bit where unless you've got a great body or a huge dangly piece <laughs> you don't want to be naked in front of a lot of avid gym goers and that, that there's an element of truth on that the number of the way people present in a changing room is, is sort of in direct proportion to how ripped they are. But see, I disagree because as for a men. woman, yeah, for men, yeah, but yeah. then as a woman, like I will go into the gym in shorts and a sports bra every day. But then as soon as I go into the changing rooms, there's like all these women naked and then I suddenly get really shy because there's like, like all these naked women that wouldn't necessarily come across as very confident in the gym uh, okay but in the changing rooms they seem to have no qualms and i'm there like covering everything because well, i don't know why but well but th is, this guy says you don't does, want to be naked in front of a lot of avid gym goers so maybe coming from the same part of you that, that you can have body confidence but yeah. again it's context and setting isn't it that's it i just thought it was interesting you know you're confident but you wouldn't you know no but there's a diff there's a different there's a totally different thing about standing there with no clothes on hmm I mean, yeah, it's, it's totally I wouldn't. I would never shower at the gym. I would never get changed at the gym. Right. And yet, when I'm at the gym by myself, I'm hugely confident. Mm. Just taking it one step further, in terms of going back to the example I gave of the person that didn't feel intimidated and didn't feel a barrier, mm. there is one element that that she is going to quite an expensive. I don't mean an exclusive gym, but I think there's a certain air of. Mm has a different feel to a lot of the gyms I've trained in. I have trained, I've actually trained her in this gym and it, it is a very, you know, peace and love gym. Mm. Um, going back to the point I was going to make was this, was that the one example that I've read out of someone who's saying never had a problem mm. was very clear that they'd gone in with a program. Yeah. So is there an element around this that knowledge is power? That mm. if you go in with that confidence you're not going to be uncomfortable because you know when you go to put your, you know, to do your weights on a certain machine, you know you're doing 30 kilos, so yeah. you don't have to feel embarrassed or forget what weight or know how the machine works. Yeah. Because one of the things we've been talking about a lot is being able to, get, to give giveaways on this where people can go, all right, that might make a difference to me. I feel uncomfortable in the gym. So maybe one of the giveaways 
is maybe using a PT as a short-term fix to provide that confidence, which I think to a degree you thought you would be doing yeah. to some clients, oh, so, didn't so you? So coming on for a couple of months, yeah. understand yeah, what I'm you can do. I'm surprised at the length of time that people stay because it actually gets to the point where for a couple of people have actually said, you don't need to train with me anymore. Like there isn't like, I feel I feel like I'm taking their money and just doing but all again, the stuff that they know yeah. how to do and they say yeah but Mills if I know I'm coming to you at Tuesday six o'clock I will turn up and I will do a session yeah. they said otherwise I will find an excuse to not go to the gym to not work out to not push myself as hard mm. so they're like yeah I know as much as you now but I need that as that motivation so I think although it is like a driving instructor you can teach them up to a point and then mm. once you know how to drive you know how to use equipment but it's still nice to have, you know, just because someone's passed their test, it doesn't mean that they're going to be the most confident person yeah. Yeah. driving. It doesn't mean they're going to suddenly be confident in the gym just because they know what they're doing. They might still need somebody there. But it's uh, we've been talking very much of an either or, and I'm thinking as we're talking, and when you're talking about context and environment, mm. maybe this is, this is a position that could help some people, is that to engage with a PT as mm. that sort of, hand-holding that mm. confidence understanding things about your body as well why are you training in a certain way you know yeah. what are you training i mean we talk a lot when i'm training you mm. yeah we point at the muscles and you know we talk about stuff mm. but when i use that analogy of the driving instructor a few podcasts ago one of my clients actually went i don't have to leave you do i <laughs> yeah. and i went no and she went like i'll never Good. leave you yeah i'm staying here yeah i, I know gyms exist but i need this more than well, going back to the, the therapeutic element, isn't it? That people, it's people reassuring. Come it's, it's, it's just nice to have someone telling you what to do. You don't have to make decisions. You don't have to plan a session. You don't have to, yeah. you don't even really have to motivate yourself because someone's literally saying, you are doing that now. That is your rest time done. Yeah. So you just don't, all the thinking's taken away from you. Yeah. Little, the, the, the thing everyone talks about is they've just kind of a, talked about is someone turning up that particular time. You don't want to let that person yeah. down. If that's, mm. if that's the, the main reason for getting them there then that, that's not a bad thing. No. I but, might feel, you know what I mean? Feel, yeah. you, I'll, be, I'll, be, I'll be letting myself down, but I'll also be letting someone else with the gym. You'd be like, you're only letting yeah, sort of one exactly. person down. But on that point about um, the information thing, I think that's really important. What popped into my head was outcomes. Yeah. If you go into anything with a real strong sense of what the outcome is you want, you're likely to go in there and get what you want, mm -hmm. get in and get out, aren't you? Mm -hmm. If you go in there and just, or, you know, you can have anything, you're, where are you going to start? So yeah. I think in our, our baby step stuff and do one thing and this takeaway could be that because I think there's an element of that having a personal trainer is that you have an outcome. I yeah. also think do you know what I mean? when you were saying about price before, I think you're more likely to reach your outcome if you're actually paying a good amount of money because yeah. if I'm paying £250 for six weeks, I'm not going to let that £250 go to waste. Whereas if I'm buying a £20 PDF six-week guide i don't really care yeah because it's 20 pound so i think value isn't it yeah, yeah so i think is, yeah. people are going to try harder because i think i'm actually investing in this yeah so i want to get something back i want to reach that outcome yeah whereas if you're paying 20 pound a month for a gym you don't really care if you go or not it's no huge mm. loss and you've talked about you felt like you're taking your clients money you know i guess in the, when you're feeling that you're not feeling the huge amount of value they're feeling yeah in, in coming yeah. to you in the first place you know it's yeah. if, you, if you train for 10 percent of that and chat for 90 then hmm. well, something, that, yeah. that's what you know, i think we have, we haven't got into that in depth in terms of you know our pts now becoming therapists by accident by you know an organic way or even by design these days do you know what i mean because i think that's you know not everyone has the ability to or the capacity to have do they want to not every pt wants to go there and listen to everybody's 
you know, life mm. stories, no. do things they're struggling with. But, but I don't think you would last as a PT. If no, you that's didn't what, do yeah. That. I think but it's almost become actually a part of part of your jobs now. I, I think it have, but the, the devil's advocate I would play is that you and I both know that we can be in a gym and there'd be a guy standing next to someone on a treadmill, yeah. a PT with a Costa coffee in his hand while someone runs on a treadmill. Now, I'm not saying he isn't giving valuable advice and help, but you know from the way that you train and the way that I train, it's a big investment in people way beyond, you know, you know, I've, we've had things where I've sent you advice or sent you little programs or sent you exercises. Mm. I had a, a client who had a PT at that gym. She spoke to him for an hour a day, uh, sorry, an hour a week, but there was no other communication. No WhatsApps yeah. were allowed, no phone calls. Mm. It was what you got in that hour is what you paid for. Yeah. Whereas I think both Amelia and I look to give that value that we want to, yeah. to have an impact in someone's life beyond that hour. And I think if you're going to the gym expecting you're going to get all that support, that kind of, you know, life coaching as well as kind of physical coaching, then you've probably got the wrong idea. I don't think you're going to go and stand there on a treadmill talking to your PT about the bad week you've just had. It just doesn't feel like it's the environment to do that. No. But if no. your outcome is I'm going to go there and do my routine, like you just said, that client of yours has gone in and gone, right, I'm going in, I'm doing a job, tick, I'm out. So that is a great use of that space, isn't it? Unless you've got a gym where yeah. it's more community yeah. and you can go there and it's got a nice environment. Yeah. I think it's just understanding, I guess, what these environments are, what's best for you. Just just going to put this one in, just because this this I meant to put this on a little bit earlier. I just want to say it. This was someone who was saying that the, the environment feels claustrophobic and competitive. I think those are two good words. Mm. Um, I do feel sometimes claustrophobic in a gym, especially a gym that I'm not mm. used to. Or I haven't got someone who introduces me in that gym. It can feel, you know, a very small place. But this little anecdote was the last time I went to a gym, I left within 20 minutes of starting a class. I was new to the group. It wasn't a friendly atmosphere. The class was full. And I'd clearly taken the space of a regular. As became apparent when the register was read out, the trainer immediately referred to doing the same workout as last week, which apparently everyone loved. After 20 minutes of trying to copy others and failing miserably, I slowly filtered to the back of the room and made my escape. And this person hasn't been to a gym since. And it's just this, you know, just highlighting what we were saying. That one bad experience where someone hasn't looked after a new person in the class. Yeah. That person's given up the gym, mm. which is, is sad. You know, we're not going to, there's nothing to solve here. We posed a question and kicked a few things around and there's been some really, you know, interesting points that we could never have brought to the table. Um, you mentioned mirrors, actually. You yeah. know, I'm not a fan of mirrors. <laughs> mm. I don't think, I don't think I'm alone in that. If you know what you're doing, you can, if it's a form thing, I get that. But some people, I don't really want to, I don't want to look at myself. <laughs> in any, you, you get some some way towards getting better form if you're on your own. There's no one looking and helping you to do that. Mm. But of course, you can't see every, you can't see 360. No. <laughs> you can't see round. I can only see what I'm looking at. I don't want to look like from the side and mm. that kind of thing. So um, but that can be very intimidating. Yeah, I have clients that, I only have one mirror in my studio, but I have clients that will face the other way whilst doing an exercise. Mm. And I'll say, what are you doing? They say, I don't want to look at myself mirror, whilst yeah. I'm doing that. Mm. And I'm like, what? Do you think? But that? then that's a thing. That's a thing you then see that yeah. a month down the line, they don't suddenly turn to face the wall. And you're like, okay, they're watching themselves do that squat now. And you then recognize that, okay, they might not have lost any weight in that month, but they're now actually looking at themselves exercise, which is a big thing rather than looking at the wall. Mm. That's a big yeah, thing, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. But, yeah. but taking that one step further, is that another part of the claustrophobia and the intimidation that, that you know you can be watched via a mirror running in front of a mirror is really weird yeah because you don't do that try no. doing hip thrusts in front of a mirror <laughs> yeah you get a full-on view of your vagina 
Yeah. Honestly, I was doing them in the gym. I'm being serious and it's all I could look at. And then I suddenly thought, if it, I'm looking at this, do you know yeah. what I mean? Honestly, that, you can, yeah. your shorts are just sticking every, mm. yeah. I think you've brought something there to the conversation that Damien and I would have struggled with. <laughs> a vagina, yeah. Vagina. But, would, have, would have had any right to bring a vagina to the table. <laughs> that sounds really weird. <laughs> but I'm saying in that instance, you don't want a mirror there, do you? Because then suddenly, then I, I, I remember doing them and thinking, I need to stop doing this because it, if you're wearing a light pair of shorts, mm. it shows off more yeah. than Bearing in mind like. you're my daughter, yeah. let's, let's just move on. <laughs> Are there any... Um, there are there any takeaways? Obviously, we talk for hours, but I'm... I think takeaways are you just got to fake it till you make it in the gym, really. Is it a good idea to think about what you want to achieve and use it and think of the gym as a tool, maybe, not as a be-all and end-all, part of a larger thing? Do you know what I mean? Rather, yeah. rather than long-term commitment. Maybe, maybe... Unless it's part of a program or part of something you discuss. I mean, any of this you want to be discussing with a with a trained professional like yourselves, you know, I, wouldn't well, I, you? Yeah. Because otherwise you're just... You're going to get yourselves in all sorts of pickles. Yeah, I think I think the takeaway for me is that this conversation has, has gone a different route I imagined. I thought we would be sitting here and going, all these things are difficult for, for women and men in 2020. It shouldn't exist. We need to do this. We need to do that. I think my takeaway is there seems to be a combination. So it isn't Jim's bad, PT's good. It's yeah. that if we're going to empower people, it has to be a combination of the two. And I'm just thinking doing doing a parallel with therapy. Mm. You would want, you know, you, you might go to, to group classes. You might have, you know, a one-to-one therapist. But mm. you certainly wouldn't just be thrown into something without someone holding your hand <laughs> and say, right, here's mindfulness. Yeah, yeah. Go and do it. Yeah. So what we're saying here is the same with physical therapy, in effect, is that speak to someone who is an expert, speak to someone who understands you and can make you... But that could also just be going with a friend who knows what they're doing. You don't have to invest in a PTA. Yeah. No, but exactly the point I'm making is that, that, that you go forearmed. So when you go yeah. into the gym, whether it's a friend, whether it's you having doing some learning, whether you're having time with a PT, you go in there with a confidence that mm. you're not going to get sidetracked by worrying about the machine. Yeah. You have a confidence in what you're doing. And what I'm saying is it does feel that there's a combination of yeah, you know, supportive friends, PTs, and gyms could all work together. Yeah, it doesn't have to be an either or. Mm. Um, yeah, you're always going to be more confident if you're with somebody. That's not saying if you that doesn't have to be a PT because it's expensive. If you go with a friend, if you don't go by yourself, if you're feeling self conscious because mm. having someone there just makes you suddenly feel better, doesn't it? Because we have spoken about like cost and stuff of a PT. I have people that will say to me, I cannot afford to come every week. Can I come once a month so that you can teach me what to do? And that's then giving them that confidence to then go and do that in the gym. Mm. So it's it then builds that confidence, doesn't it? It doesn't have to be that you go to a PT every week. If you've got yeah a friend or someone accountable every month, yeah. then you're going to feel better. So you're saying that two of you going to the gym is maybe going to be that a bit of a defense about feeling yeah because if you get on the leg press machine as i said previously and you can't unlock it you laugh it off with your friend yeah, if you yeah. buy yourself you run into your car and you cry so yeah. even if that friend actually doesn't know what they're doing it's someone to try something with yeah. it makes you feel less stupid so it's not even like your friend has to be the best trainer in the world they can be as inexperienced as mm. you but it just gives you a confidence of it doesn't really matter if we don't know what we're doing because we yeah. can laugh it off yeah and feel stupid together rather than feel like the whole gym <laughs> thinks you're stupid mm. You know, these feelings won't go away and there's a there's a, no. a massively british thing in all of us isn't there where mm -hmm. we, you know we're all there's an awkwardness isn't there 
about not approaching people is it the right thing to do yeah. We're overthinking all those things yeah yeah but even you know most experienced of people and confident of people find the same kind of issues is a good takeaway in itself yeah, yeah. Isn't definitely it? definitely we're not alone that's it for this episode well done for getting this far and thanks for listening can i just say a huge thanks to our guest amelia for joining us today you're welcome thank you thank you Amelia. and you can follow amelia on her instagram at meals pt which is m double e l s p t i've that doesn't sound any better, does it? Just go M E E L S P T <laughs> meals P T. If I just keep saying it, yeah. right? Yeah. Until yeah. Yeah, just watch all your numbers go up now. <laughs> uh, please make sure you subscribe to us via your favourite podcasting app. And if you're enjoying this pod, then please do share the love and tell a friend or foe or whoever you feel might benefit from having us two in their ears. Give us a follow on Instagram and send your feedback and questions to our email, which is imfinecast at gmail.com. And in the next episode, something really big has gone down in Mark's DMs. Uh, so thanks, everyone. Thanks, Amelia. And okay. to, uh, yeah. see you in the next episode. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.